Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. So they decided that they needed to capture our faith and practices in writing so that we didn't start picking up too many other traditions from other faiths, other religions. Let's not get our stuff mixed up. Let's not get our religion mixed up with the very people who are oppressing us. Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, Today's message is going to come from the book of Deuteronomy, the 26th chapter, and I'm going to read the first through the 11th verse. Again, that is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. Fifth book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Old Testament book. And I'm going to be reading the New International Translation of God's Word. Let's see what it has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. When you have entered the land, the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and have taken possession of it and settled in it. Take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket. Then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. And say to the priest in office at that time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. The priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God, my father was a wandering Aramean, and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. Place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and your household. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, church. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim in a barren land. I am weak, but you are mighty. Hold me in your powerful hand. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me until I want no more. 
Holy God, here I come behind your sacred desk to teach your sacred text, Lord God. Guide me, guide my words, guide my thoughts, guide this message, touch those who hear it, that they will know you and know Jesus Christ in the pardoning of their sins. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. For the time that we get to spend together today, I'd like to talk a little bit about welcome to church. Welcome to church. I have a habit that is ingrained in me that I cannot shake. Whenever I go into a new space, I want to know the rules of the room. I want to know how the stuff works when I get there, and I want to know the rules. I want to understand the rules of what's going on so that I can fit in when I get there. I got this habit pretty honestly. Uh, growing up, whether it was my mom, my dad, my stepmom, my grandparents, aunts, uncles, uh, people babysitting me, uh, whenever we go in somewhere, by the time we got to the parking lot, if not sooner, turn the radio down, take a good look at me and say, before we go in here, I want you to understand, don't touch nothing, don't break nothing, don't loud talk about can I have this, this, and that. We are not doing that today. You need to keep your hands to yourself and be quiet. It might have felt weird at the time, but as I'm older, I understand what was going on. And so now, when I go into a place, uh, before I get out the car, children, I'm going to need you to know we're going into the store for X, Y, and Z. Keep your hands to yourself. Don't touch nothing. I'm going to need you to be polite and be quiet. I appreciate the value of setting the expectation before you go in somewhere. If you don't set the expectation before you go in, you can't be upset when there's confusion once you get there. You didn't tell me I couldn't do that. Spaces have rules. And although we all don't follow them perfectly, we know the expectations. There are expectations when you go into a library. There are expectations when you go into a stadium. There are expectations when you go into a church. There are expectations when you go into a medical office. There are expectations when you go uh, to schools and workplaces and certain homes. Some have unwritten rules. Some of them have written rules. I have some friends that have some expectations and some rules. Um, one of them, uh, one of my friends has a rule that the 
first visit, I get up to get you a drink if you say you're thirsty. But by visit number three, you're going to have to get up and get it yourself. Uh, <laughs> some people have rules about not allowing you to track the outside inside. So you know when you hit the door, you got to take your shoes off. People have rules and they set expectations about how uh, they want you to operate in their space. Uh, when the rules are not understood or followed, life becomes chaotic. And we have in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses trying to prevent some chaos with the people of God before they go into the promised land. Moses is trying to set the expectation. Uh, in the text in uh, 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 Deuteronomy 26, Moses is laying out the ground rules uh, about what is going to go on in the promised land and what worship is going to look like in the promised land. He is welcoming, Moses is welcoming the people of God to church. See, they've been wandering in the wilderness for some time. They didn't have a place to call home until they got to the promised land. And so worship was in a tent or a tabernacle, if you would, a temporary setting. They set it up, have their worship, they take it down, and they would keep moving. Now they've got a, a, a standalone place that they're, they're going to have and they're going to return to. And so Moses is setting the expectations in the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, the book of Deuteronomy is such a powerful book. It is a fixed covenant, if you will, between the people of God and his people, or the people of God and God, rather. And Deuteronomy influences other books like Joshua, Judges, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. The word itself means second law. And the book of Deuteronomy is the words of Moses. Uh, chapters 1 through 30 are speeches that Moses gave to his people. And, and chapters 30 through 30, 31 through 34 are blessings in the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, this was an oral, as many books of the Bible were, was an oral tradition. That means it was passed down word of mouth from one person to another. And the scholars believe that the, when they actually decided, you know what, we need to put pen to paper and start writing this down, was when the people of God were in captivity. Because... They were in captivity. The people of God were living in captivity around people who did not practice their religion or believe in their God. So they decided that they needed to capture our faith and practices in writing so that we didn't start picking up too many other traditions from other faiths, other religions. Let's not get our stuff mixed up. Let's not get our religion mixed up with the very people who are oppressing us. And so 
There are three things that I took from the text, and I'll get out your way after I find them, uh, after I, after I uh, speak about them. But there are three things I, I took from the text uh, that were quite important during this passage of Scripture. The first thing is that we have to gather together. Let the church say gather. You put gather in the comment section. Uh, it is essential to gather while people scream individualism, history, psychology, science, theology, everything comes together and says that we are better off in a community. People are by nature herd creatures. We, we gather together to help one another, to share resources, to make sure that everybody's all right. People talk a good game about this rugged individualism and I'm going to do everything on my own. And, but life does not work like that. Everything I know that has gone on that has come for the success of this people has been a group of people working together to make it happen. Amen. And so we have to gather together. Um, and when the people gathered in the Bible... They made confessions. Uh, they confessed their faithfulness to God because they know that God has been faithful to them. The people of God are also gathering uh, to confess because they know they need to keep this in their memory. As I said earlier, uh, uh, the, the, well, not the, the, they're they're putting this this converse, they're putting this stuff to paper, and they're putting this oral tradition down so that they don't lose it, hanging around people who are practicing a different religion than them while they're oppressing them. The people in Deuteronomy know that when a people forgets their past, they will lose their present and their future. I'm going to say that again. The people of Deuteronomy understood that if they forget their past, they will lose their present and their future. They say that the third time is a charm, so I'm going to say it as my daughter says one more time. If you forget your past, you will lose your present and your future. And so they came together to recite these things. They gathered to make these confessions because during that time, the, the, the people of God didn't have a Bible. They had a faith and they had a community. That's how they got by. They, they didn't have a scroll that was going to tell them that no, uh, no weapon formed against them shall prosper. Somebody had to tell them that to remind them that. Somebody had to tell them to remind them that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver you from. They, they, had, to they had to have somebody tell them to remind them that I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast of the Lord. The humble shall hear uh, thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. They couldn't flip into a Bible, so they had to talk to one another to let them know to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct 
your past. They gathered together in community because that is how the faith was passed down. They started writing these things down because they were in captivity around other religions, around other practices. And and, and, and it's real easy to lose something if you don't repeat it and record it. Moses wanted them to know who they were and where they came from. And so when they gathered together, one of the things that they would say is that they, they, they were, there was a wandering Aramean that settled in Egypt, and the Egyptians treated them harshly. That was Jacob. Jacob didn't have any land, but he wandered around, became Israel, and settled in the area that would be known as Egypt and became a great nation. Gather together, share your faith, in community. The second thing I see in the text besides gathering together is that you need to give to the Lord. Give to the Lord. Uh, The people of the Bible, especially in the book of Deuteronomy, were an agricultural society. That meant that their economy the way they took care of themselves, the way they made a living, the way they sustained themselves was around crops. They would plant the crops. Then they would harvest the crops and use that to live off of. So there was seed time and harvest time. There's a whole sermon that could be done on that, but I'll just say that what happened is Moses told the people uh, to give the first piece of your crops to God when you pull them up. Uh, God gave you the whole thing, so it should be okay to give a little bit back to him. Uh, we sing it every time we collect the offering. All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given thee. We're just giving back what's his. And I know it will sound funny saying this because I'm a pastor for a living, but first fruit offerings were about more than just supporting the priest and the mission work of the church. Uh, They were about thanking God for what God has done for you this season. Giving is a spiritual discipline, just like going to church is a spiritual discipline, just like fasting is a spiritual discipline, just like praying is a spiritual discipline, just like reading the Bible is a spiritual discipline. These are things that you do in order to build up your life in this faith. And it's a spiritual discipline just like there are physical disciplines, like exercise, Doing it affects others a little, but it affects you way more. Uh, See, I like to go to the gym. And the gym likes to take money out of my account every month because I go to the gym. Now, I can stop going to the gym. I can do what it takes to cancel my membership. Ensure 
the people at the gym may miss me. And they may even miss my money. But it's going to affect them a little bit. You know, it's going to affect me, though, a lot. My heart rate is going to be affected a lot by the lack of exercise. My blood pressure is going to be affected a lot by the lack of exercise. My body weight is going to be affected a lot, way more than the gym is going to be affected by missing my little money that I gave monthly. It's just a little bit of what I make a year. But it's a spiritual discipline. Giving is, is, is just like exercising is a physical discipline. Giving is a spiritual discipline. And so we need to gather together. We need to give to the Lord. And we also need to go to the people. Go to the people. There are things that get lost in translation when you read an English Bible. Uh, one of those words is a church. See, that has to do with all the different languages the Bible went through before it became English. You had the Hebrew, you had the, the, the Greek Septuagint. Uh, for like an Old Testament, the, the Hebrew, you had the Greek Septuagint, then you had the Latin Vulgate, and then you had German translations, then you had English. And one of those words that kind of got kind of gotten uh, convoluted in uh, this, this, this journey into us reading it in English is church. Church was about the people, not about the building. Church was about the people not about the building. Now, that's not an excuse to stop coming to church because there are a lot of people that will say the church is uh, not about the building, but then they won't spend any time gathering around other people. They just use that as an excuse so that they can gather at the football games and the basketball games and at Kroger and HEB and gather around wherever they need to go but then get super safe when it's time to go back to church. Amen. Amen. We got to go to the people, though. We got to find out where the people are and go to them. Amen. The text says in verse 11, it talks about the foreigner, the stranger. Do you have any strangers around you worshiping or do you know Everybody. Uh, but not only do we need to go to the people, but we need to go to the people and be good hosts. A phrase we need to, to uh, a phrase or a mentality that we need to remove uh, from our method of evangelism is inviting people to church. We need to stop saying, come to my church and start saying, come sit with me. We need to be hosts. When somebody does not have a church home, don't just invite them to your church home. Say, come sit with me. Come to Bible study with me. Come sit with me at Sunday school. 
the churches I know that are growing in the area, that is one thing they focus on. All of the books that talk about uh, evangelism talk about the same thing. You don't just say, come to my church. You ask them to sit with you. You ask them to come to your Bible study. You ask them to come to your Sunday school class. Be a good host. Uh, uh, <laughs> members of the church need to be more than friendly. We need to be genuinely welcoming. Uh, and unfortunately, when we as believers go to the church, we, we go to the church with the attitude of a guest and not a host. Uh, as guests, we go so that we can have a good time. We are focused on having a good time for ourselves. We, we enter into the church and we look for our friends. We look for our cliques. We sit where we want to sit, making little regard uh, uh, or room for others. And we listen to the church music and decide whether or not it's the music we like. And as guests, we have this consumer mentality and we are focused on maintaining our personal comfort and the experience is all about us. It's different, though, to be a host. In the host role, we are focused on serving others. We greet other folks at the door and look to connect them with people they enjoy. We sit in places that will leave room for others to feel comfortable. We pick music that others would like, even if it is not our favorite. As hosts, we are concerned about the comfort of others and the experience is about them. Church members should be continually challenged to act as hosts. And we can be hosts because we already have what's something that we can celebrate and that's our relationship with the Lord. We can celebrate the bounty of the Lord. We can celebrate the good things that are going on for us. And so once we have been taken care of, we need to be able to take care of others. I'm reminded of the example when you are on the plane and they say if there's a drop in pressure, secure the mask around yourself, then help others. Don't just secure the mask around yourself and leave everybody else out to dry. I got my fire insurance. I'm good. I hope you get yours. We can celebrate the good situation we have going on right now. And if we don't have a good situation going on right now, we can call back to those situations where it was good. There must be a time where it was good. We are all miracles of life just by being here today. So let's do it. Let's welcome people to church. Let's create a comfortable place where people can get to know one another. A place where you'd want to bring your family, a place where you would want to gather, a place where you would want to give, a place where you would want to grow in the Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
The doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Pray with me, church. God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for those who have heard it live and those who will hear it later. We ask that your word be a seed that is planted in good soil, produces a great harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold, that people will want to gather together, that they will want to give to the Lord and they will want to go to the people so that we can be the hands and feet of your darling son, Jesus Christ, out in the world. Let your Holy Spirit do its holy work in all those who are touched by this message. In the name above all names, we submit this prayer. Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching and God bless.